0: Forgotten Flicks, episode 96. Dr. Detroit, 1983.
1: Which one of you is mom? <laughs> Punctuality is a virtue, my good madam. Let's chew the fat. Just what's what that supposed to mean? Oh, nothing personal, love chunks, but can we get to it? You know, I hate to come down from Wayne County. I have businesses in Lansing. I have muffler shops, chicken chains. I got slums to collect the rent from. I have a chiropractic practice. I make adjustments to the human spine. And this little trip has cut far too much into my professional tie. (coughs) <coughs> oh,
0: sorry. Mm. welcome to forgotten flicks i'm joel and this crazy little bastard whom i love with all my sallow heart is jason
2: i can't believe my ears this is an outrage let me see that thing i mean this is outrageous ridiculous i demand satisfaction
0: I'm a, little, I'm a little shocked by that. I thought you would uh, straight up do the Dr. Detroit thing.
2: I was going to, but you opened with it. So uh, I didn't want to show you. No, up I just, and, no, uh,
0: I, I just, I, I didn't, yeah, my throat. I want to you know
2: what trouble is. I am going to tear up your ass. I wonder and how flim- down your neck.
0: Yeah. yeah oh, don't, no, don't, don't spoil it, Jay. <laughs> Sorry. So here's the thing. Welcome to Forgotten Flix. Here's Flicks, the thing the Forgotten Flicks podcast, yep. where we reflect, nay, Wax poetic about movies you grew up with, movies that <laughs> the mainstream has forgotten. <laughs> movies like D Doctor, how much said Detroit. Uh Dr. Detroit. Yep. Starring Dan Ackroyd, like, D-
2: like DC Cab.
0: Or like DC Cab or Dead Dead Heat. Dead Heat or wait wait a minute. <laughs> or Daryl. Wait. What the hell? What's up with all the D's?
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like double double d's <laughs>
0: yeah double the do- whoa hey now
1: <laughs> i like some big mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well all i have to say is that this is the last d movie we'll be doing for a long damn time such a d bag <laughs> i'm trying to, actually as i'm saying that i'm thinking okay is that movie no nope. <laughs> nope no actually no i think it is it the last one almost maybe the last one for the year
2: Yeah, we've got a streak, uh, let's see, no, no, no Ds, I think we're safe for a while. Oh, thank God. There may be some D-bags in the movies we're covering. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a person starting with the letter D, but no movies with that title starting with D, so.
0: Okay, well, so, needless to say, eventually we will get to the friggin' movie, uh, uh, that is the topic for this particular (laughs) episode, which is Dr. Detroit. So, Jay, would you like to, um, have me hit the old trailer, followed by an old spoiler alert? Followed by your, oh, please God, let it be briefer than this movie synopsis.
2: I've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> like,
0: is that like a love you long time kind of thing? Or,
2: you <laughs> love you, okay. me synopsis, you long time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, me so honey. All right, I'm hitting it. Uh,
2: attention, ladies and gentlemen,
0: your attention, please. Clifford Scribblow never expected to be anything but a humble scholar. Nothing's going to change my life. My life is set. Until one night, he came upon four ladies in distress. Oh, yeah! And to protect their honor, uphold oh. the law. Step aside, last year, you'll be my food and fight! For the American way,
1: he became
0: the fancy dressing, flashy dancing, death-defying, jacuzzi dipping. Don't forget power walking, systems analysis, rock climbing. Dynamic defender of decency. Dr. Detroit. Dr. Detroit. Dr. Detroit. Say what? Dr.
1: Detroit. I can feel my hair grow.
0: Detroit is Dr. Detroit this is the best time I've ever
1: had in my entire life Do you hear me world
2: The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that if you have not yet seen it may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film which you can find at. Netflix streaming. We now return you to forgotten
1: flicks already in progress.
0: I would say (laughs) Netflix streaming or steaming is appropriate. (laughs) So Jay, would you like to educate us, give us a little knowledge about what this motion, this here motion picture is about?
2: Uh, this fine film, this film, this cinematic experience. I would.
0: I would actually. I'm surprised that the cr- uh, Criterion hasn't put out the Criterion Collection on this one. To be honest with you,
2: <laughs> it is one of the golden uh, golden age of a uh, film. Golden shower. Uh, golden maybe. Uh, uh, maybe hmm. <laughs> just maybe. Um,
0: That's what I felt like taking. <laughs> that, would been, that would have been. That would have been. That would have been funny. I mean, go ahead.
2: It would, have, it, would have, it would have fit. Um, so for those of you who are unaware, Doctor Detroit, uh, nineteen eighty three, stars uh, Dan Aykroyd most notably, and we'll get into the rest of the folks who are in it, but uh, prominently, he's he's the biggest star in the film. Um, and it's the story of Clifford Scrotum Scridlow Scridlow um, Sc- a ner-
0: scr- Scrotum Scratch.
2: Right. A nerdy professor mm. at a, uh, a fictitious college, Monroe College, where he is a professor of comparative literature. And the movie actually opens with him speed walking. Wait, 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 like
0: wait, walking. wait, wait, Jason. I'm, one, I'm wondering if you should give the synopsis to this.
2: <laughs> is that what he opened to? Is that what he's walking to?
0: Yes, this is the Devo song.
2: Yeah, he was uh, speed walking in his shorty shorts and uh, rear view mirror glasses and head um, headband and uh, stopwatch and all. And, and those so,
0: totally awesome 1983 gym shorts that every yes. man, woman and child wore, you know, the kind that had that little cut up on the thigh yes,
2: on the side. Yeah,
0: the that shorty when you shorts. see a woman, oh, I don't know, like Donna Dixon wearing them with like, early oh, 80s uh, athletic tube socks and a uh, uh t- tight t-shirt that's tied in the middle. Um, you know, something like that, let's say, hypothetically. <laughs> that is okay. Dan Aykroyd in them, not
2: okay. So the setup is, he is this this nerdy uh, kind he's, of...
0: He's Dan Aykroyd.
2: Uh, yeah, he has no idea what's going on in the world. You know, he, he's smart, and but he's definitely clueless. And uh, several times... This guy in a limousine pulls up alongside him, and they kind of make fun of him for being this this nerdy guy. Well, the guy that pulls up alongside of him is Smooth Walker. Well, yes, that's isn't his name.
0: he? Yes. Smooth. Who who, who interested in and interesting to us would go on to teach high school to a bunch of gift, gifted students?
2: <laughs> it is played by <laughs> Howard Hessman. Yes. Who I uh, most notably remember from Head of the Class. Yep. Um, he was he was the the teacher and head of the class, but he plays. It, not well, and final, no, no, no. dude
0: dude 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 wkrp in cincinnati oh yeah
2: that, but i yeah. i yeah saw I do. Reruns yes. of that. yeah
0: me too to be fair too
2: and i, I did see a bunch of them um but uh, i saw reruns those are probably the see. two
0: things he's the best known for i would think
2: yeah and i think he was also in flight of the navigator he was uh yeah
0: you're right he one was
2: one of the scientist guys in that but um but those are the big things i remember him from and definitely from the 80s he was in uh, head of the class was his big thing but mm-hmm. um Anyway, he, he basically to put not too fine a point on it, he plays a pimp and he has four lovely ladies uh, who How are expensive. His, uh, do
0: you think they were especially Donna Dixon? Dear God.
2: So it was Donna Dixon uh, played Monica. There was uh, Lydia Lee who played Jasmine uh, and <laughs> uh, and they were I mean, Donna Dixon's. I don't I didn't recognize her when I first saw her. I looked her up and I recognized some of the things she's been in. Um, but she wasn't a standout like in the film and I think, oh, I know her. Yeah. Certainly not as much as the other two ladies who are in this. Yes. Which were played by well, her other two were Thelma. Yes. Played by Lynn Whitfield, who R- is R- R-
0: good. Good. No, no, I was just going to comment Thelma. That's that's the name of your high price call girl.
2: Yeah right. I was thinking she should should at least have some kind of hooker name. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, but, I mean, like Monica, Jasmine. No offense if, I, if there's any Monica or Jasmine's in the audience, by the way. Well,
2: yeah, but Karen not, wasn't really. Yeah, and Karen, own Karen names, I and it to Thelma. Be like, yes, like, that's not a, like. No, no. I, I expect it to be like Candy. Yeah, or, exactly. You know, or something like that. Ooh,
0: ooh, but Monique, right? <laughs> or
2: <laughs> Velvet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, or, I'm, I'm or not sure something. how I feel about that one <laughs> felt
2: felt yeah. right. Crushed felt. That's, yes. that's exactly, uh, no. Um, but so anyway, um, Lynn Whitfield played one of the call girls, uh, been in a lot of stuff. She's very recognizable. You know, her. And, um, then of course, probably the biggest name out of them. And most people recognize is Karen, who plays Fran kind of
1: Drescher. The,
2: eh, Fran Drescher. So, uh, Smooth pulls up, kind of makes fun of the nerdy Dan Aykroyd, Clifford, and then he goes to uh, driving wherever, and four other limos pull him off the road. And the whole setup of the movie is that mom, uh, this lady who is apparently the crime mob boss of the pimps of Chicago, um, thinks is. that or says that Smooth owes her money. Smooth, in a fit of panic, comes up with a fictitious other pimp that has moved into the territory that's beating him up and taking his money and it's not his fault. And then of course he has to go back and find someone to play to this character. And that's where Clifford comes in because they said they need a clueless geek. Uh. Uh, And so they, they basically pick up Dan or see Dan Aykroyd. They remember him from his geeky workouts and convince him to be Dr. Detroit.
0: Via, via a night of, (laughs) wholesome debauchery.
2: So the rest of the movie is basically smooth steps out of the picture and, uh, Dr. Detroit slash Clifford, uh, kind of settles in to become friends with the, the hookers and Smooth's driver Diablo, um, played by TK Carter, who I remember probably most notably when I saw this from immediately was he was in the thing.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh, Um, and punky Brewster.
2: (laughs) Oh God, that's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, but uh, he played the the driver who's kind of the assistant. And so he, he Clifford befriends them and decides to help them out. And that's the rest of the movie. He's kind of trying to balance his life as a professor in this intellectual world and this uh, protective pimp, Dr. Detroit. So well, I'm really going to leave what, it there.
0: Yeah, I, I think you the should.
2: There's lots of spoilers I didn't want to just, you know, get oh, into. Oh, God,
0: no, Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to ruin that. Because, you know, any movie that has the wholly <laughs> the, the original... Conceit of guy in tough situation has to come up with answers quick. So what's he do? Scan the bad guy's room. Looked
2: around the room, picks random words. Yep.
0: To make Maxwell Hauser,
2: Mrs. Doubtfire, uh.
0: Kaiser. So spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. I think when you meant when you were referring to mom, you meant this lady.
1: You don't know what trouble is, jerk-off.
0: I just like that because she called him a jerk-off.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who just seemed like a really angry lunch lady. Which apparently uh-huh. you
0: know what she's best known for. Did you look uh-huh. up her trivia?
2: No, I did not even look her up. I, I didn't recognize her right off, yeah. but I didn't look her up.
0: The actress is Kate Murtaugh, I believe was uh-huh. the, the, the actress's name. She. Yep. Do you remember the band Super Tramp? Yeah. This, okay. There was a very, their famous album where the really pissed off waitress on the front and she's holding up, I believe it's a milkshake. That, that was track. her? That's her. That's, what, that's her claim to fame beyond Dr. Detroit, of course.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> so here's the thing. I have decided, thanks to this movie, Jay, you know those yeah. cards that when you open them up, they they do like a sound or you can record a message. Oh, yeah,
2: something? you can record a, uh, yep. a voice like, oh, dad, happy birthday, I love, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? that
0: kind of thing, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have ready to go. Doing, no, not your birthday. Um, I, that's something super special. Yours might, yours might have a funny smell to it. Um, no, this is actually the Mother's Day card I'm getting for my mom. I'm going to record this oh. message for her.
1: Mom, I am going to rip off your head and shit down your neck.
0: And I think that that will really <laughs> make her feel good.
1: Your mom is going to love that. Yeah.
0: Just so you know, this, is, this, this will end up in the cart forever, despite of how we come down on this movie. This one right here.
1: I am going to rip off your head and shit down your neck.
0: From here on out. That's what—that's in the pantheon a, along with...
1: Shut the fuck up! And Wait, what, you came that? to take me away.
0: Or. Owen oh, loves his mama. We haven't
1: done this in a while. What oh, a dream I was having! You're too damn slow.
0: So, it's in oh, there. Owen
1: doesn't have any friends.
0: Oh yeah. You know what? Do I not have that one? I don't know. I don't think I have it on. Anyway, so yeah, so I learned a lot from this movie. You know, I learned, I learned that. <laughs>
1: the doctor doesn't pay and he doesn't worry. It's
0: true.
2: Yeah, he doesn't pay. He gets it for free. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, which I wanted to open up with that, if you don't mind.
0: Oh, oh, please do.
2: So I'm going to start with this. I have never seen this movie. Neither have I. Really? Nope. This
0: is this and DC cab. I always, it was a kid. I always confused them. Probably the D thing through me. And <laughs> I remember, though, they were in this pantheon of R-rated movies that I wanted to see. Because this came gotcha. out the year before Ghostbusters, right? So Dan Aykroyd yeah. being in it. I love Ghostbusters. And I remember he was it must have been an HBO or something. But this and DC Cab, of course, had Mr. T in it. So in my mind, my child mind, I couldn't. Ra- why can't I see these movies? And I remember seeing the poster and all that kind of stuff. So this has always been on that list of never saw it, always kind of yeah. wanted to. Yeah. wasn't sure what it would be like, but I always imagine it being very, very raunchy.
2: Right. Well, you imagine hey. from, the, from the description, you know, yeah. it's going to be about a pimp and, yeah. and hookers. Okay. So this, um, I've never seen it. This came out the same year that Trading Places did that he did with Eddie Murphy.
0: True. And DC Cab came out the same year too, didn't it?
2: Uh, yep. And, uh, this came out. Right before he uh, was did the uh, the uh, uh, Coneheads, or right before Ghostbusters, and so I mean...
0: Well, yeah, right before Coneheads, dude. That was like 1992.
2: <laughs> or oh no, when he did the shorts. No, when no, he that was doing that
0: live. That was live. Yeah,
2: when he yeah, not the movie when he did SNL. Yeah, but Coneheads.
0: that was before he did SNL before this movie.
2: Yeah, but I think Coneheads um, was maybe anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm a huge, fan. this was actually this was three years after Blues Brothers. Yes. Right, because yeah, yeah was
0: it was like eighty, 1980.
2: Yeah. Right. So I I am unequivocally a huge fan of Dan Aykroyd. As am I. Uh, I love his SNL skits are still some of the best. Uh especially that era, I think it's the best of SNL yes, overall. I agree. I agree. Um I love – some of the films that he's been in are some of the biggest I, uh, that I remember from my childhood, some of the best that I love. We've done The Great Outdoors, um, which is hilarious. I mean we, you and I have talked about, although we haven't covered on the show, Ghostbusters ad nauseum. Fantastic actor, fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. Has written a lot of great stuff and uh, done some really funny things. And So I love him overall. So I thought, oh my God, a Dan Aykroyd movie I haven't seen. I've got to see it. You know, we got to put it on our list. It's it's forgotten. I you know I don't even hear any references to it. Um, uh, going back, you know, from 80s, there might 80s. there
0: might be a reason.
2: Um. <clears throat> so the movie opens, like I said, with him power walking, and they decide to pick him up mm-hmm. after that, after the trouble, and um, they decide that Smooth decides that they need him to agree to become pretend to be this new pimp in town, Dr. Detroit. Mm -hmm. So the way. Yeah. Which we'll get to that. eh? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the way they get to that, apparently is uh, they hook him on the wildlife. I'll say
0: that. Okay.
2: So they start with, they see him at an Indian restaurant because he smooth and his four whores, are in the restaurant and they see him there having a dinner to himself with a book and they invite him over and they start to get him drunk. Hey, J-
0: J- Jason. Yeah. I prefer the term concubine.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Humor me. What is the, what, is the, uh, what did Tony Soprano call his? A guma. A guma. His, 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 his on the side. His, yeah, but on the side is different than paying for it, isn't it? I would. Just, you're still paying for it, one way or the other, man. Let me tell you. I just, yeah. well,
0: uh, no, oh, this this podcast just took a dark turn. No, Jay, really, tell us. Tell us all about it. <laughs> well,
2: doctor, let me tell you. It started back when we were. No, um, <laughs> she had yeah, no this... teeth. I wonder what it would be like. <laughs> you can't blame a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he uh, he gets in the limousine with them. And they take him around town, and they basically get him drunk.
0: I'm laughing more now than I was there in the damn movie. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> get him high as possible. Yes. And by high as possible, I mean they start him off on pot, and they he smokes a lot <laughs> of pot. Like they keep putting it in into like his mouth. Like
0: shotgun in it.
2: <laughs> yes. And they're everything they can to get him high. And then at one point, they're in a horse drawn carriage pouring martinis. <laughs> And they yeah. drop a couple of pills in his drink. And he doesn't notice. No. And he just guns it and shoots the whole thing. Olive and all, I might add. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he they do all that. Then they take them to Smooth's like condo, like his penthouse. Yep. And he's like, this is amazing. It's beautiful. The worst thing about all that, because let's say he smoked an entire dime bag. He's done a couple of pills of some kind. We will assume we're not Tylenol. <laughs> Uh, drank quite a bit because they keep showing him going to different clubs and taking shots and drinks and all this stuff. The worst part about all that, when they get to his house, the, to Smooth's house, he really didn't act that drunk or high or anything. No, he just kind of seemed a like very he was himself nerdy self. Yeah. Yep. So uh, he shows up there, and that's what Smooth says. Hey, you know, I'm in the entertainment business. Wouldn't you like to be?
0: It reminded me of that scene like- in Boogie Nights when they bring... <laughs> The future Dirk Diggler back with Roller Girl, <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds' house. It's kind of yeah. like that. Only that yes. that movie was far far raunchier.
2: And then the one curtain false wall of the penthouse opens, and there are all four girls doing some weird motions. Well, it was the early eighties, man. Disco was still Bend kind in and, a hot tub. Yeah, and then they do this weird like fast motion slapsticky Benny Hill kind of You know of why because
0: where- it's always funny to watch a nerdy guy pull his clothes off in oh. super speed motion minus the Benny Hill music
2: and that's the only time they do it in the and it just kind of feel anyway yeah. what anyway so he jumps in and so the mm. whole idea is he's had a bit of the ladies and now he wants more Uh, but the whole plot, like his character, the whole thing is supposed to be that he is a chivalrous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that really didn't mesh. There's a little incongruency
2: there. So, uh, then smooth, this is a part smooth. Basically is like, all right, I got to get out of the picture and let mom who thinks there's this Dr. Detroit guy and she's coming after him. I got to get out of the picture while I can. He just moves to the South Pacific. Gets on a plane, Tells first he tells mom, uh, you know, he has uh, Diablo punch him a couple of times to get his face all beat up. He says, Dr. Detroit, beat me up. I'm out of this, man. I'm out of this. And then he just gets on a plane.
0: And she lets him go. No
2: consequences. Yeah. The end of the movie shows him with four, like, hula girls. Yeah,
0: gorgeous. Yeah, Polynesian or whatever the hell, whatever it was, feet. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he's just sitting there like eating, drinking out of a coconut and he's like yeah, <laughs> but he disappears from the entire movie at now, that b- point.
0: Before, before you tell us what you really thought, <laughs> before you do, okay. I, I just want to lay something out here. I, and I'm not going to go off script a, a little bit, yep. but there's a reason, there's a method. Okay. Alright. Okay. I saw recently a documentary that I haven't had a chance to talk to you about and I'm not going to go in depth here. We'll talk about it at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's called lost in la mancha have you seen it
2: no but it sounds really familiar okay
0: it is about terry gilliam director of 12 monkeys fear and loathing yep. uh, brazil yep. oh, okay so uh, time bandits okay and uh the adventures of baron moon yes and it is about the attempt he made to make his version of don quixote and he's gonna make a movie called the man who killed don quixote it starred johnny depp Uh, Jean Rochefort, and that was just a really bad French accent that I threw on that, and he was a French actor who looks very much like what you would imagine Quixote to look like, and it had that cool, you know, Terry Gilliam kind of twist to it as far as the weirdness, and anyway, this documentary is about the making, or rather the unmaking of it. It is a disaster from top to bottom despite millions of dollars and the genius of Terry Gilliam and all the people involved. It shows you Just how bad a movie can go in production, pre-production through all the way through. And it it also shows you how, in a way, even movies that aren't well executed, I'll say it in a politically correct way, aren't well executed. They're a miracle. The fact that they even happen, the level of serendipity that has to take place between nature and humanity for a movie to actually come to fruition, let alone not suck. So, did they
2: not? Did the movie never get released? I,
0: I don't want to spoil it for you okay. or the audience. Right. I, I will, I will, I will leave it at that. It is a Netflix streaming right now. I highly recommend. Fantastic documentary. documentary. It's good, even if you're not that into like behind the scenes stuff. But if you are, it's even better. But okay. if you are, if just it just the to see what they have to go through is just it's fascinating. So yeah. Anyway, I bring it up because it got me thinking about. We've talked ad nauseum before about the whole idea that we use that phrase a lot, by the way, um, although I'd like to point out, we don't say at nauseam. We say ad nauseam. You don't know what the Latin, correct. We don't know what the hell it means, but we get it correct. (laughs) Uh, so we have spoken about quite frequently that we don't want to just use this podcast where we rip people's movies apart. Cause you know, Uh, albeit very limitedly. I have attempted to make some in the past. You are a big lover and fan of them and have even worked on video projects yourself. So we both know how effing hard it is. And we know that no matter how it turns out, you put a lot, even into stuff that everyone else is perceiving as crap. The people who made it put blood, sweat and tears. So there's a level of respect. I know I have, and I I can speak for Jason. I think on this one he has. Mm -hmm. So, that the documentary helped me reminded remind me about that. Thank God I watched that documentary between when I watched <laughs> Doctor Detroit and when we did this podcast. Okay. So I just had to lay that groundwork.
2: No, oh, and you know what? Here's what I'm gonna say. Yes. Because uh, we we've made this goes back to we've talked a lot about films that uh, you know cheesy films or films that were you know if you if you measured them by. Uh, academic standards, they're terrible or if you, or if you measure them by uh, box office receipts, they're terrible, but our, you and I, our judgment of whether or not a movie is any good is whether or not it entertains us at it, it right? the end of the day. Yes. Right. So I will say this movie entertained me. There were, yeah. So, now,
0: not so much. I think the there thing. were
2: some flaws in the execution Okay. Um, okay. But I think that <laughs> this is one of those that okay, I went into my pantry and I grabbed a couple of ingredients out. Now these are top-notch ingredients. I don't slack on stuff like, you know, I don't buy like cooking wine. I've got, I get a bottle of wine out when I'm going to cook with it. Uh, I, you know, I get the good, uh, uh, the good cocoa powder I'm going to bake with that. I get the really good molasses, the the, the top-notch stuff, the organic stuff. Right? Put it Not,
0: on. You don't use, you don't use angioma? Uh, No, no syrup, pancake. Um, oh. No, no.
2: I pull all that stuff out. Just because each one of the ingredients is really good, doesn't mean they come together to make a really good recipe. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, see, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I get the, I get the analogy. Oh. Because
2: there are some good,
0: good parts. No, of like, there really aren't, dude.
2: No, listen, I, I didn't. Dan, I, now, listen, listen, I'm not saying that there were good parts to the movie. I mean, there are good parts into the making of the movie. Dan Aykroyd is a funny guy. Yes, Okay, then you've got the writers of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, Bruce J. Friedman, who is very well known as a writer and uh, uh, um, short stories and and plays.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, see, here's the thing: he's not the name that in the writing that I noticed. Okay.
2: Carl Gottlieb.
0: Yeah, of
2: course, wrote my one of my favorite movies of all time, Jaws. Well,
0: not just one of yours; one of mine as well.
2: Right any, well,
0: here's the thing. You're going to also add that he, uh, in a three year spate, wrote Caveman, which we've covered. This <laughs> movie followed that up with Jaws 3D. Oh, and
2: the Jerk 2. T O O, yes. Jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so there is that. So here's the thing.
2: Gotcha. I gotcha.
0: You so, remember this? Now, he's yeah, so, not
2: the lead well writer that, on now this listen. movie. Now, now, listen, before. Uh, caveman that's when he did the jerk and jaws and all that so i'm pretty
0: confident the jerk is what it is because of that white haired guy
2: uh yeah yeah i i don't disagree with that um But going into this film, I can see how they thought they had the pieces that would come together to make it now.
0: But that's the point I was making about, man, uh, you know, Lost in La Mancha, is you always feel like you had have the pieces together. I mean, you got Johnny Depp and Terry Gilliam and and actually this is his dream project. And, you know, it's just uh, these amazing Mm. behind the scenes people and they're shooting it in Spain and just uh, yet Uh, not so much. Although uh, I would argue that movie had at least been completed, would have been. A lot more entertaining. Let, let me just say this. <laughs> the problem I had with this movie, I I had a really this is very strange. I don't know if I had almost like I had a reverse C and D thing happen because obviously I didn't have C and D for it, I never saw it. Right. But I went through the whole movie and I, I didn't even really chuckle. Like ever. The only line in the whole movie that I kind of guffawed at was the mom I'm gonna tear your head off and shit down your I mean that is the only part. And just, it was just too, and I guess this is, and, and I know as one who likes, you know, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber and, and you know, me, myself, and Irene, I have no room to talk on this, but when, <laughs> when, but I guess when comedy is so broad, it's like you really have to walk this fine line when yeah. it's so just, like the, the sped up stuff, that it, it's hyper reality. Like even Dumb and Dumber and movies like that that are just idiotic, they always still manage to kind of keep it in the realm of, Everybody around them plays it straight. I guess it's the way it is. Whereas in this movie, nobody did. Nobody. There was no straight man. I mean, Dan Eckwood was kind of supposed to be,
2: but then no, he turns into know, Dr. I mean, Detroit. No, he wasn't. And and so this is the part that I struggled with because, of course, you know, we talk about the writers, and uh, um, Bruce J. Freeman actually won an Oscar for writing this screenplay. Yes. Splash! I
0: oh, Oscar no, I was gonna say okay. for writing this. It's like yeah, wow. No, no,
2: he did not win an Oscar. He was nominated for this, but he didn't win it. He, which he was robbed.
0: He was totally... <laughs> <laughs> I wish you'd play that story. I almost, I almost went. Like,
2: what the? F-? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I just couldn't. So, of course, you know, Michael Pressman directed it, and we've well, talked about him a couple of times. Well, have before.
0: we? Have we talked about him before?
2: We have. I think it was like the last episode or two we talked about doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: Wait, Secret of the Us. Why, why
0: would we want to do that? <laughs> Everybody up there knows they're jamming right now, Jay. Fill in the gap, drop that do you think this is the point?
1: As I'm
0: he was in the, the studio snow snow recording this, that Mr. Van Winkle. Like you had actually feel what remained of his soul, like just shrivel up and die. And like that, that, you know, later on when he went and took a dump and he got up, wiped, looked down. Oh, there it is. And he just flushed. <laughs> or do you think, no. you know that story about Suge Knight, do you know that story about Suge Knight holding him over the banister? You've heard no. that story? You ever heard the story? No. Oh yeah. It's like this legend that Suge Knight who, you know, the whole big, you know, West coast gangster rapper thing. Okay. A big, big time producer supposedly had Robert Van Winkle come up to his penthouse and wanted a really large amount of uh, payment. Let's just say for the money he'd made off of uh, ice ice baby. And Mr. Van Winkle refused up until the point where Suge Knight held him over a balcony. Really? This is alleged. Yep. You know, I don't know that it happened. It could be just one of those great urban legends that makes you smile. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm i curious to know if his penance was he had to do this.
2: Now, listen, boy, because you did that to me, you're singing the song for the Ninja Turtles movie. Now, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I actually, the way you started that, I thought you were about to rap. You're like, boy, because you did that to me. It's like, Where's <laughs> this going? In. This is fascinating. Go, go no. Jason. Go, Jason. Go. Go, Jason. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> you, you know you want to hear it again. Go, 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 ninja, go. Don't stop. Come on. No, no, keep talking. It's playing Go. This is the lyrics of the game. Listen.
1: fill in the
0: gaps. Lyrics fill in the gaps. <laughs> know what I mean. Give it up. For the heroes in green. Just slow in. Slow with the power. It up hour after hour. Cause then it's like this, this really better- I, I don't understand how anybody could have even suspected he didn't come from <laughs> meager <laughs> beginnings and and from the streets and the would, street and, yo. Yeah. Word I'm to you, I, word to your mother. <laughs> and then of course you know what you say? When I you say. I don't care
2: what you say. That is one of the greatest songs of all time.
0: Of course you would say that. And word to your mother baby. Word to your mother, of course, always leads to.
1: Mom, I am going to rip off your head and shit down your neck.
0: See, and this is what's odd. Playing that scene back to prepare all the audio clips for the show, I laughed more listening to it.
2: Yeah. is what I meant by it was weird. I I, I, I didn't laugh. Okay. So let me tell you what I thought about this movie. Because we're beating around the bush a little bit, although I think we're giving it away. Number one, I, I didn't think this movie was funny. Uh, yeah, there that was would no
0: require point. laughter on yeah, the part of the There was no audience.
2: point that I laughed and thought that was really funny or that was that was hilarious. It was even, you know, Dan Aykroyd funny because he played the similar character. Because I kept thinking this is him in Ghostbusters. You know, this is... Uh, uh, Ray Stance? Yes, right. Ray Stance. Sorry. Uh, I kept thinking Peter Vinkman, but I know that's yeah. not his name, That's Bill Murray. But I keep thinking this is Ray and the whole get him Ray and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it, cause he kind of played that character, but he wasn't in this.
0: But see, that's, he, you can, that's actually a really great point, Jason. That's exactly what it is in that he was the straight. Well, he and um, Spangler to a degree yeah, were, we're, were the, the straight, straight men, but they, they were kind of goofy at times, but they were never over the top. Goofy. No, but they, no, they weren't goofy. They were real
2: character. They weren't
0: caricature goofy. They were grounded. Yes. This character is not grounded in any kind of reality. I've no. ever witnessed on any planet.
2: No, and none of them really were, and the the whole thing about like the hyperreal, the speeding up time, they didn't do that anywhere else. Nowhere else did they add like a goofy uh, slapsticky scene like that. Yeah, and that's that's way out of character. That should have been just cut. That just should have been cut. The other part of it was, okay, the The whole concept of him, if they had played this story, or and I'm going to blame most of this on the writing. Now, I'm not saying that these guys that wrote it, I'm better than them at all. No way. We know but, you think you are. I'm better than everybody, first <laughs> of all. So let's start with that. <laughs> no, no, I definitely could not. I mean, I'm not saying I could write better. I'm just saying that it felt like the story. Good this. God, I
0: would hope you could. Man.
2: <laughs> I, I would, the idea that a, a, a an intellectual college professor has to play the role of kind of this street smart pimp that's supposed to be the complete antithesis of who he really is. Yeah. And even the concept, I thought what they started to touch on that was interesting that I would have liked to have seen, Oh, if they had made the movie more like this, it would have been good was the idea that he started to like that alter ego. Mm hmm. And that he started to kind of, but that was such a small piece. They didn't even explore that. Deve- yeah, they,
0: they never developed oh, that. At they never all.
2: developed it. They touched it like twice. The idea that he's got to do what's right. He's got to do what's right by his family and by the school, the college, to help them survive. But I love Doctor Detroit. They they really never fleshed that but out. Can I make so- a
0: point on that? That's actually another great thing. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up well, mm-hmm. as a motivating factor for a character. Right? Okay. Yeah. We. I was expecting that to happen and it never did that he w- needed to do what was right by his feelings. So th- I kept thinking, why would this guy do this? This whole, I'm doing it for yeah. the girls thing on what grounds? I don't mean anything to you. They're prostitutes. I mean, if he's Mr. Honorable, noble guy, he should feel like crap that he, you know, got high as a kite and banged, did a gang bang with four prostitutes. But that by, you know, that on the side, let's just throw that, let's just put that over here well, so- for a second. But with, <laughs> but, but, but with the fact that if they had just taken that it's a bit cliche, but if they had made the driving force that he, in yes. his Dr. Detroit like behavior, let's say, he got that check that was coming in lost and he had yep. to figure out a way to get the money back. At least it gives him a friggin' motivation. I never got why he kept doing it.
2: Well, it's like him playing. Uh, it's it's okay. Here's the other parallel. Like I was thinking, Ray at one point. I was also thinking when he played Lewis Winthrop the Third in yes. Trading Places in
0: another fish out of water comedy. That's actually funny.
2: Right, and he played the uptight, straight laced, yes. white bread, you know, uh, Wall Street guy. You almost said who honky. Kind of-
0: you almost said honky. <laughs>
2: I didn't
1: I didn't, I, but that just bread
2: Uh no. Um but he plays that. He plays the character that's fish out of water and mm-hmm. it, it did work. And you know, play, to balance out it was Jamie Lee Curtis was, was in that, right? Yeah, when it, she
0: the one that cramped oh. him
2: away kind of thing and did the whole How can
0: somebody not <laughs> but, find her sexy? Seriously. I don't. Oh, you're I, such I, a douche. Not yeah, at she totally is. Oh my god, yeah. No. I, I don't even care if what that that rumor is true either. I don't even care. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't even care. Um, no, it, it, uh, Eddie Murphy was obviously the the jester of that piece. Well,
2: he played the he played the other half of that. Yes. You know, he played the yeah. But that was well executed. But see, this, think
0: about just, how broad that was. But yet they were still grounded in
2: reality. It still fit. It still really worked, and it didn't in this. And uh, the only part now here's the part I will say that I liked about the movie was the kind of the final sequence. And here's two reasons. Number Mm -hmm. one, it had James Brown in it. So, okay.
0: Yes. I was going to say the three things I liked about it. Donna (laughs) Dixon, James Uh, Brown and Donna Dixon. And that was, yeah, I didn't
2: think Donna Dixon was that. All that. Yeah. She's pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. You know who's Uh, married to her? uh, No.
0: Dan Aykroyd. Really? He got married after this. Oh yeah. That was the other thing. Major spoiler alert. What the hell was that at the end with him and Karen?
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I was like, they so, never even had a connection. What is this? So the whole time he's kind of like, uh, uh just loving on all four of these hookers. Kind of. They never, really, nothing.
0: Every other than that one scene, nothing ever happened.
2: Right. You know, he just kind of likes them, and he's going to be the show you keep horse, calling the, them whores, really? Whores.
0: Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I kept like you said it the first time. I was like, did you just call them cores, like the beer. <laughs>
2: No I say it because one of my grammar pet peeves are people who like to uh, to uh, use the contraction for who are by saying who are and so <laughs> who are I hate that I hate that with a passion and so I who <laughs> <laughs> who are uh, I like using that word who are
0: women yes. of the night.
2: who are who are hookers. Um, so, yeah, so he basically treats them all the same. He's the Lancelot character who's trying to protect them and kind of keep them out of trouble or help them.
0: Well, you know but, what Lance did? Lance did stick his lance a lot in Guinevere. So
2: yeah, he did. And she was married and married to Arthur, by the way. Yeah. Um, so by the way, that's one of the reasons he I couldn't
0: I hate get his sword out of that stone. You know what uh, I'm saying? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the reason why I hate Richard Gere, by the way, because he played that character. And I just First
0: I night? That movie's awesome. I'm just sucks kidding. So bad. I've never, so I've bad. never, it just, I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah. I
2: couldn't. Um, it's a well put together movie. I just the story. Eh. Just I couldn't buy into it. But anyway, so the idea was that these four ladies were just kind of his friends, and they never really showed an attraction other than uh, that first night where they're trying to seduce him. But. They were just playing their cards. That's what they were trying to do is get him to help. And then the other piece was they were just treating him like a friend, like help us out. And then they helped him and they did some stuff that was great. But of course, in the end, you have to have a neat, tidy little bow. So they were playing every one of the four.
0: This is what happened to so-and-so.
2: Stories. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, Donna Dixon, she went off with the guy who was the the big donor for this, the yeah. college who dropped a million bucks. And they went off and got married. Uh, he was the old guy. Yeah. And then
0: Howard um, Hessman. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Howard islands Hessman, or whatever.
2: They showed him in the islands. And then uh, Jasmine and Diablo invested their money and bought an NFL team. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what kind of Where money? They, what did they get that money for? What money? Yeah, I what know. And, and, okay, so they bought an NFL team. What that doesn't even. What are you talking about? It would have made more sense if they bought like their own limo business, or yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. Oh no, they they they, they invested in a cab company,
2: right? In Washington oh, DC. That would have been even better. That'd have been awesome. <laughs> <That'd've> been better. <laughs> that have been awesome. The Diablo is the old guy out in front of DC cab. Yep, yeah. Okay, and then Thelma, which. Tell me if this felt weird. She becomes the 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 manager for oh, yeah,
0: James Brown. James
2: Brown, which in the movie she's never even like in the same room with him. So well,
0: she's at the very end. She's dancing with him.
2: Well, yeah, when they're playing the credits of her backs or her, her yeah. epilogue, and then they show Cliff, Dan Aykroyd's character, and Fran Drescher's character, Karen. They're getting married. Yeah, and like what?
0: What? As if this whole movie was really about these two crazy kids coming together.
2: They never played the two of them
0: like even remotely
2: any more than any
0: other two if, characters in the entire if movie. If anything, if anything, she seemed to have the most distaste for him, in, and not in a sexual tension kind of way, but like in a he just really annoys me. I'll I will suffer fools. Fine, I'll do it. Exactly. Yes, that was but, what it was like.
2: Yeah, and so it was just it. It felt so weird
0: but it was i was like um, what i literally when i'm watching a movie i went what
2: (laughs) okay so going back to the part i liked um james brown was in it i did i did dig the whole dance scene the whole dance scene. so the choreography
0: and stuff wait it's been a while since we've noted this scene of white people dancing badly and this one was a, a well a marginally diverse
2: it was fairly diverse, yeah. yeah. There was plenty of pimps and hoes dancing with him, and they were of all united colors of Benetton, trying to be <laughs> diverse looking. And yeah. they were
0: all pretty dancing pretty badly, though. Oh, this—the yeah, the, the dancing in this was not nearly as bad as some of our previous movies, like Rad. No, no Rad no, no, no. had some this of the greatest so... dancing ever. I always want to do another episode just on Rad. <laughs> <laughs> just pull it out by itself. <laughs> just, the two parter. <laughs> <Just,
2: laughs> Uh, So, I mean, the idea that – okay, then, of course, there's the tired – kind of the tired cliche of guy runs back and forth between two personas at the same location. That was a tired
0: cliche in 1983.
2: That was a tired cliche in the 70s when they did that with, like, Parent Trap. I mean – what was that? 60s.
0: Yeah. It was in the 60s. Yeah. But yeah, the whole thing of like, Oh, he's got to run between the two parties and change between Dr. Detroit and cliff persona. Oh, will he make it in time? The suspense is killing me. Except I fell asleep. So I don't care.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that, and that was the other thing that, that I had a hard time with. There was lots and lots of very slow parts of this movie that you thought, what does this have to do with anything? And God could that limo scene in the beginning, that whole drunk high scene could have been any freaking longer.
0: Oh, I know. It took for. It seemed like it took forever. Something that should have been like a thirty second montage. It yes, was like three a minutes drunk long.
2: High montage. Pull him into the the penthouse and then drop the plot point and move along. But
0: watch was- watch their quick porn. Do you realize that one quick shot of what I assume was hardcore pornography? Though you wouldn't have gotten that necessarily. <laughs> uh, that was the most. That that was one thing I wanted to address here. That was the most graphic thing in this movie other than maybe that dream sequence like remember we talked about dc cab that if it wasn't for the stripper scene and the f she runs out she's naked yeah for the most part it felt it was like it could have been like this tv movie this movie yes really and truly could have been a friggin' tv movie there's a i mean i was shocked at how there was like nothing in this movie i mean any movie from the early 80s vacation Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Way, way, way raunchier than this thing.
2: I fully expected, especially especially for the idea that it was he was a pimp and they were yes prostitutes. in the early eighties. My God, yes. for them to go down the path of him walking in on them with a John or you know half naked or something, and that's what made that whole scene with the porno that much more off putting. Yeah, because. The rest of the movie, even building up to this, it was very clean. It was almost a, you know, uh, this is the uh, this is the fairy tale version of of what prostitutes are like, Pretty you know, woman, in your life.
0: Huh?
2: Huh? Pretty woman. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, that was raunchier so, than this. Right. Well, then <laughs> then they bring him up to the penthouse. He's supposedly drunk and I and the guys start to talk to him about what he does. And the camera pans from one side of the penthouse. Then all of a sudden it's right next to a TV screen and there's like porn going on and you see the shot of a woman laying down with – you can't see her head. But you see full nudity from her chest all the way down to her – yeah, and then they pan over and there's Dan Aykroyd talking – too smooth and as he's staring
0: he's tar- at the tv like he's never seen that before and then, yeah, and then
2: he's like i'm in the entertainment business don't you want to do this but see,
0: and- can i make a point why you could you got four prostitutes why would they have had him watching a porno why wouldn't it? you get what i'm saying like why oh, would- well i get
2: that it didn't it, in the story, it doesn't fit, but to the director or whomever they were throwing it in to make him seem that much more I'm unknowledgeable about like, the world. Okay,
0: but then when you have maybe built up the fact that he was maybe they had tried to make some sexual moves on him prior and yeah, he was and a he no was go, so they figured, okay, something. we gotta loosen this guy up, you know. Nope.
2: No, so. Yeah, there, it was. It definitely had no raunch to it. You cut that one little scene out, and there was nothing else. Virtually Even nothing. the dream sequence. I mean, in the background,
0: there's a couple of ladies that are topless, like go-go dancing, but it's so weird and. Really,
2: like, I kind of yeah. look see because no. at that point I'm like, they're not showing anything, and even the four ladies that are the main prostitutes in the in in the uh, in the main characters, they're not even that scantily clad.
0: Yeah, the whole thing was it was just it was bizarre. Like I just no. I'm not saying it needed to be this raunch fest, but no, I mean Risky just- Business came out the same year. That's way way more risque, <laughs> as it were, <laughs> than this I, I just I guess I'm just shocked. I, I really thought this was more of one of those Yeah, yeah. Edgy like a 40s. Vo- Yeah, 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 in that vein. Like I totally thought it was gonna be that. And it wasn't even close. And the, and the worst part was I saw the potential for it to be funny with the Doctor Detroit character and Cliff, if all the other parts hadn't been so unbelievably yeah. underdeveloped. And yeah. and although and is it me or do we totally know where Mike Myers got his Doctor Evil character? Because take <laughs> the hair off of Doctor Detroit, dude. That voice <laughs> is like toned down just a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah Mr. Pickles maybe. were
0: dying. Like you like yeah.
2: It seemed a weird voice for him to go to for a supposedly badass pimp
0: well and i thought now that would that part was somewhat marginally humorous like when he first gets on the phone with mom yeah and he tries to do the voice yeah, and, and he it comes out voice, like that yeah. and then the guy yeah. uh, uh, tk carter's and there, character and,
2: and i would have to say the parts of him where he was he was dressed up and acting like dr troy weren't terrible and that was the first part i thought okay this is more what i expected Dan Aquity, but like you said, they were so underdeveloped, yeah. And those parts were so minimal, and they they the way they transition was so awkward that you didn't really get to play that. I would have loved to have seen much more of him being that character Mm -hmm. and going and doing stuff and going between them. But yeah, well, and and
0: what and I will give it credit for this too. I like that mom. I'm I'm assuming she was some kind of mob boss type because they never established if she was another pimp, or if she, what or a madam I guess. she really
2: never had any Roll. girls around her. She only had those
0: bald guys. Yeah, like two of them. And then I guess at one point she had some other guns that came out. But but I did like that they picked this woman who looked like somebody's grandma to be.
2: She, look, she looked like large Marge. Yeah, like Peavy's oh yeah.
0: Beginning. Okay, if, if your grandma looked like large Marge, <laughs> she, <laughs> she did. You know, Without she did hair, a, a little bit, a little bit. And like a truck
2: driver grandma. Yeah, you that know? type. Yeah,
0: and uh, I just thought that was that was. Cool. I like that they went in a different direction. They didn't just have it be a you know, anybody that you would expect to be in that role. No, and
2: they didn't pratfall the fact that she was a woman either. I mean it wasn't no. like they made that funny. She was just supposed to be the, the the big badass in town called mom. And
0: actually you know what else I'm shocked by? I don't did they, they didn't even make any gay jokes, did they?
2: I don't think they did. Uh, there was one kind of borderline, but they didn't really no. They didn't really go but into only, that. like
0: again. As soon as I saw, it, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, yeah. Just, like
0: I was as the movie's going on, I'm thinking like when they were in the li- when he first was in the limo with all the prostitutes, I'm like, hmm. So which one is Howard Hessman going to motion to to oh, go down right. on Dan Aykroyd right now? And it never happened. I'm like,
2: really? Okay, but okay. There, that was that reminds me. That's the one part where I thought it was gonna, started going to started in that direction where Dan Aykroyd's looking at the. Smooth with the four prostitutes at the table. Uh-huh. And they bought him that drink uh-huh. and asked him to come over and join him. And he's like, Why would he? Remember, he was talking to himself.
0: Oh, that's right. The whole Why yeah. Why do
2: you want me to come over? Is he gay? And even if he is, who cares? He's with those women, you know, that, yeah. that kind of thing. But they they didn't. They didn't go into that realm. And did, was it just me? Or, okay. At the one part where Smooth tries to get Diablo, who again, we mentioned he was played by TK Carter, to punch him. So he can go in to talk to mom with a black eye. Right. Mm-hmm. And Diablo like, I can't punch you. You know, I can't, I just can't do it. Was it just me? Or did that moment you cringe and think they're going to go there. He's going to pull out some racist. Well, I, did, I and did.
0: And he, in a kind of, in a way did, but he, the way they did, I actually, that was one of the few parts where I somewhat chuckled.
2: He, he, the, I, well, no, I mean, I, it played out. Okay. But I was like, Oh yeah. I totally thought it was going to be like the guy, Gary. Guy, I was like, it was going to be another oh, Gary
0: Busey and, uh,
2: <laughs> DC yes, cat
0: scenario,
2: yes. and I was like oh god don't go there and then he kind of pulled it out I'm like all right that was all right but yeah it was, and then I, I thought they were going to go there again because at one point um which see this is another element that could have played up more Dan Aykroyd is this nerdy literature professor who at plays a alter ego of Dr. Detroit only one other time did he pull out another character? Mm-hmm. And they—it was when Thelma is apparently in trouble. She yes. got picked up by the police, so he goes to help her. So he pretends to be the southern, very stereotypical southern lawyer type, you know, the one you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. And because the judge is that way, and he goes in and he plays it brilliantly, mm-hmm. and it's really funny the see, way he. I didn't find it funny. There. You know why? Uh, why? Because I'm
0: so tired of them making fun of southern. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. know they I didn't. In, I didn't find it funny because I was too busy going. What, what, who is this guy? Like, it, it so was, the right
2: yeah, the the, the scene, didn't the make shift
0: sense. from Cliff to that character. Like, yes. there's nothing about Clifford that would have made you go, oh. The, no. I, I think when you said something earlier, I just want to hit this, and then then you can finish that point. I, I think you made a great point about the drugs and everything, because what if. That was it. What if they gave him these drugs, got him hooked on them, and every time he needed to get into "quote unquote" character to overcome, like almost, you know, almost like a liquid courage kind of thing, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. he took a drug. So right outside the, we see him outside the,
2: the the court. He pops a couple pills. It becomes like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Something right?
0: like that. At least that would have been, I would could have then gotten into the scene because it makes sense
2: what uh-huh. he's doing. Or if they had somehow – because this is what I was going to say. If they had somehow made it out to be that because he was this literature genius,
1: mm-hmm.
2: he knew all these characters, that he had been such an introvert that he had internalized these characters. And so he could become Something Lancelot. Like, that would have been fine, yes, but we had to establish gave, that. Yeah, they gave some kind of a little indicator that that's where they were going with it or that's what was that's what was causing him to get, fall in love with this Dr. Detroit character. But they, they never did. And he, even that one – Attorney character you played, it was like that. That was, you should have done more of that. But they gave no reason for it. It felt uh, off pace. And so, you
0: know. Well, Jay, I think we've. 30
2: years ago, they should have consulted us and Mm -hmm. told them to do all that when we were
0: 10. Damn it. Some of us were 10, (laughs) you old bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Regardless, they should have come by the elementary school because we were funnier.
2: So, still a funnier damn movie than either you or i could put together
0: so (laughs) i don't know i'm pretty confident if i just we just filmed one of us taking a dump for an hour and a half it would have been (laughs) i I say that out loud okay so you ready to go on the movie picks let's please said the guy who made up the whole (laughs) oh i'm going to be morally superior and bring up lost in la mancha oh the struggles (laughs) of the filmmaker
2: this is a pile of poop (laughs) (laughs)
0: Ah, uh, so Jason, <laughs> what movie did you picketh?
2: Does uh, that be something that's horrible? It isn't. It's a movie that I like. Oh God. It is. It's a good movie. You'll, you'll like it too. So don't, don't get all God on me. Um, so I, oh, I, God. I, did, I didn't cop out on this one and I keep feeling guilty about that. Like if I pick music as a connection, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't I do that all the time? But then I look at the person who does the music, I'm like, it seems sometimes so odd, the different movies that are connected by the people who compose or produce the music. You know what I mean? Yep. So this, uh, um, um, Dr. Detroit, the music was Lalo Schifrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, has actually been nominated for our, uh a handful of oscars yep. um, he did music for cool hand luke he did voyage of the dam he did amityville horror um and so done a lot of great music and uh, mission impossible mm-hmm. rush hour so mm-hmm. um so then i was like oh man look at all that oh god he's done a lot of but i found it so i had to go with and i stayed in the era even though I didn't actually pick a comedy. I went with Sudden Impact, because I love Dirty huh. Harry, and uh, Layla Schifrin actually did the music for Sudden Impact.
0: I've never seen that one.
2: It's actually good. I mean, it's I've, not as I've good seen,
0: as I've seen Dirty Harry. I've seen, yep. um, what was the one you that immediately Deadpool? followed? De- I've seen Deadpool. That was like the fourth Dirty Harry. What was the second one? The Enforcer? The Enforcer. I believe I've seen that yep. one. Sudden Impact, yeah. I think, is the only one I haven't seen.
2: And, of course, Dirty Harry, I think, is the one that everybody remembers from yeah. the do-you-feel-lucky-punk, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, Harry Callahan who plays the same kind of detective. He's the same character in all the movies. Um, I think this is the second one. I don't remember what order they're in. I always forget what order, because they don't call it, like, part two yeah. or part three um but uh it's it's actually directed by clint eastwood stars clint eastwood and he plays that uh that same character but it's a good one it's got Sandra Locke, it's got bradford dillon in it and um uh, uh betty ford plays uh, uh, in this as well so it's a good movie as, but a,
0: as, it in, it the, look, as in the clinic and former first lady
2: no no but, uh, bet ford she was in Mark for Death. She was in
0: Betty Ford. I was like, as
2: in. I think it's Betty. As in Gerald's Beth. wife? No, 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 no. Not First Lady Betty Ford. Although she was born in 37. What? So. I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't think so. So, you Needed um, money for the clinic. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um,
0: Good so tip, Jason. I can't really make fun of you for that one.
2: Yeah, thanks. I, I went the safer route this time. So. Yeah. Next time I'll pick something that has like two stars on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> IMDb, yeah. Oh, so. well, please do. I'll make up for it next
0: time. Mm. I'm, I mean, you're, you're batting. Well, I would, nah, you're really not batting that hard.
2: I'm not doing too bad the last actually, couple. Other days. than chorus
0: line and uh, Superman three, I really haven't had any, since we returned, haven't had any other ones that have <laughs> hated.
2: Richard Pryor, man, Richard freaking. Yeah. Pryor. He even he
0: couldn't save that movie. Okay. So <laughs> my choice for this evening, I picked because of our buddy, you know, cause we know him like, did you really think we'd go out with an episode without saying it? Lance Henriksen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gross Point Blank from 1997. Uh, 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 uh. I picked it because of Dan Aykroyd. Do you remember this one?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, vaguely, vaguely, yeah. vaguely. John yeah. Cusack
0: plays a hitman named Martin Blank, and yep. he returns to his hometown, <laughs> and it's the time of his high school reunion, and it's got Minnie Driver in it. Yep. And... Uh, I believe Alan Arkin is also in that mm-hmm. it's I, Oh, and Jeremy sorry, Jeremy Piven's in it too. And sorry, it's all coming to me now. Uh, <laughs> and what I, I remember what I really loved about it was it has this great eighties vibe. Cause of course, John Cusack, you know, being a, being a guy between, you know, say, any, say anything and nuisance yeah. candles and better off dead. And when crazy summer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera he did I, when you think of him, you often think of those 80, 80s teen comedies, and this movie has that vibe. And there's even a scene I always remember that he goes into this quick, you know, quickie store like a Seven Eleven type store, and mild spoiler alert: a bomb may or may not be about to go off in it. But that whole sequence just felt like something just the look and feel of everything felt like it would have been from that era. You know, you just see something you're like, it yeah. just feels right. Yeah. And so and it had great music in it, uh, violent films and, and different bands like that. So it's, it's a, it's a cool, fun movie. So gross point blank. Dan Eckerd, I also believe plays a hitman of sorts in it as well. So, and he's great in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's worth a watchy poo.
2: I haven't, well, I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I love Joan Cusack. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's great in that.
2: No, no, John is in it also. Joan, Joan is in it too.
0: So. Oh, that's right, yeah, right. She plays like his handler. I remember he has to call her. I thought you said John, sorry. No, John. you know, you know what? I love Joan Cusack as well. Although now, whenever I hear her voice, you know what I think of? Peep in the Big Wide World. <laughs> Did you ever watch Peep in the Big Wide World?
2: Oh my god, yes.
0: She narrates those. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right. So my kids
0: yeah. love them. So it's like every time I, he's like, oh, that's Joan Cusack. It's really like, like
2: Dudley Moore is ruined for me now because I just hear him as that like the planet in those uh, the kids cartoons like on the earth and everything. Oh,
0: safe. yeah. Well, what about the fact that George Carlin doing Thomas? <laughs> the I mean, when I first heard that, I was I was like, "There's no way!" It was bizarre to me, you know. Good, I, I, yes. Having grown up with like his stand up and everything, I'm like, "How yes. is that George Carlin doing <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine?" It's
2: like saying Andrew Dice Clay yeah, as yeah. the
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe on the raunch factor, you know, I give Carlin more points for you know talent <clears throat> and, and class. But hey, whatever. Uh, but uh, but yes, to your point, exactly. It's like somebody that you would never think would be doing a kid Madonna. Sings, does a CD of nursery rhymes. I think she did do some children's book. though.
2: She probably has. I think she wrote some children's books.
0: Yeah, so probably has.
2: <laughs> so I think they do it on purpose. Well, uh, they might, they might. So Jay, <laughs>
0: uh, now that uh, we've brought this bad boy to an end. Holy moly. And, and this is actually a, for us a shorter episode, but I will say still managed to squeak past an hour. And uh, I honestly, so, so I'm surprised when I, I, I mean it, man, I almost pulled a no escape on you.
2: I, 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 I almost did too. And if, and if we had talked in the last probably four days,
0: I probably would have, i have been like, look, I know it's 11th hour said, and we yeah, promised we would have go, done that. Can we pick a different one? <laughs>
2: and, it, and I watched it and I like, all right, it's, it wasn't late at night. It was, but the kids were in bed and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna watch this myself, you know? And, and, uh, I sat and was watching it and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait. And I'm like watching the, and I'm like, I, uh, I, <laughs> And then as it drug and then even to the end, I was like, ooh, uh, I looked at my notepad and I'm like, I got like two notes here. <laughs> I'm like, what? The majority of my it?
0: notes, wait, majority of my notes are the cast list.
2: <laughs> I just copied it.
0: <laughs> like I had all these buckets, FX, music, characters, motivation. And then I have questions like, why does Cliff agree to help them or screenplay? Conceit. Use pictures from mom's office to create quote unquote Dr. Detroit. <laughs> Mistaken identity. Fish out of water story. How original. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Although we forgot to mention Super Freak. I forgot. Yeah, there, there's my notes. I didn't even bothered looking at my notes this entire time because it was like, what the hell's the point?
2: And then well, oh, I was watching that part and and my wife walks out and she was like, Um, they're not playing MC Hammer, are they? And <laughs> <laughs> and then they saw she goes oh a super freak yeah
0: yes you know, it was the actual super freak yes now under and the touch- miscellaneous bucket this was the one that i had all the because i didn't even know where to put all this cliff leaves dinner runs to players ball and is suddenly dr detroit remember that he like he just shows up it's yeah, like you never really yeah. saw him completely uh let's see uh
2: what else do i have here cliff no, he and, changed oh, to the kitchen
0: yes kind of but then i think it was like was there a second time
2: yeah, my biggest thing was...
0: you yeah, I mean, no, no, it, he- it was when mom, he, was, he was changing back. That's what it was. He was changing back. He sees moms, and then it's, I think it runs away, and then he ends up back in the player's ball again, and he's suddenly Dr. Detroit.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 the second time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and what the hell was that with when he did the dance sequence? He had this little black doctor's bag?
0: Well, because he's the doctor.
2: Yeah, he didn't have it any other time.
0: No, this is true. This is true. Uh, I, I would also like to point out, we completely forgot to mention... The potential for a sequel at the end.
2: Oh my God! Yes. So the last last shot is uh, uh, like a title of Doctor Detroit returns in <laughs> the Wrath of Mom. Doctor <laughs> Detroit, Detroit 2, Two: The
0: Wrath of Mom, and it was totally the Star Trek
2: Two <laughs> font. font yep, yeah. And I'm like, oh, they didn't. They did another one of these. Oh God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please no. <laughs> and, and and that that's not going to date your movie, you know, because Star Trek Buckaroo. Two came out in
2: A2. Yeah, they didn't do Buckaroo Banzai follow up, but they were going to do one of these. Uh, I
0: much rather would have Buckaroo Banzai. E2. Uh.
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. what's next week? What's on tap coming up uh, in on the podcast? Hmm. Do, we, is, do we have is, something of is, note? Anything is, special? Is it
0: is it a D movie?
2: I think it's, it's in about a D bag. I
0: well, mean, we're in it. I mean, we're doing the episode, so it's got two D bags in it, but <laughs> should we let the, should we let the furry beast-like cat out of the bag?
2: Well, yes, you can take your pants off, but otherwise I think we should Whoa. tell the good folks uh, what, what we're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause this is our last, our regular episode, isn't it?
0: uh this we have one more we have one more but of course we get, yeah we're gearing up for we can say we're gearing up for the spooky flicks fest we will have five straight weeks of forgotten flicks if you listen to uh, off script well sorry it's going away for a month or so
2: yeah yeah <laughs> for,
0: for the four of you <laughs> yeah. thanks mom sorry about that joke earlier about ripping your head <laughs> off and shitting <laughs> and all that
2: We're going to be taking a pause, uh, taking a pause from uh, off script for a while because we alternate weeks between those two so we can fully dedicate ourselves because coming up uh, one more episode of Forgotten Flicks on a regular schedule and then we're going to do five full weeks of horror flicks and special events and special stuff. So we've actually been putting a lot of work into this one. I think I dare say more work into this one than we have our other two years that we've done. Um, Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. More work into it just to do all kinds of new stuff. But that having been said, this is by far my favorite time of year. Cause the last two spooky flicks we did um, absolutely love the, the people we've had on the, the movies we've covered the shows we've done, I think have been uh, some of my favorites of all time. So this year I'm very jazzed uh, to do spooky flicks fest and we've got some cool movies coming up. And
0: so. and at the end of it, and we'll have to, we'll record our, our thoughts Maybe immediately following, but I, we can start pimping it out now. That way, if somebody's in the neck of the woods, we uh, at the end of October will be attending the Spooky Empire Mayhem Convention. So, if you're going to uh, be yes. in the Orlando area on a Saturday, a crisp yep. fall Saturday in Florida, where it's 89 <laughs> degrees,
2: five degrees, yeah. So, uh, we'll no, be... this is our last episode.
0: You sure? I thought we were yeah, doing... I'm almost positive. I think we're doing the B word. B word. According to your schedule, which I looked at. The, Son of a
2: bitch, I forget.
0: The BM, oh. BM, BM.
2: movements, are we nope. finger? I'll give you a hint. Wait,
0: what? It involves a couple of furry little creatures that if you owned them, you'd keep them in your pants.
2: <laughs> yeah, I forgot.
0: Beastmaster.
2: Oh, oh, that's right, because we're doing the special thing How with How could that's you forget why.
0: the Beastmaster?
2: Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so ne- that's right. Next week is our super special Beastmaster episode, or next mm-hmm. episode. That's right, because we're doing the whole thing special. Mm-hmm. got special guests and special recording and a whole new thing, because we've been waiting to do this for a long, long time. That's right, I forgot. Damn yeah. it, sorry. Yeah.
0: Now, I think we may only have one episode of Offscript left, because I think we yes. talked about taking one off in September just to give us an extra week.
2: But we've got only one episode of Forgotten Flicks uh, after this Mm -hmm. one, so um, get ready. And what we're going to do is in our Beastmaster episode, we're going to drop all five of our Halloween movies on you. We've got them picked, but we want to line up all of our stuff first before we do that so we can tell you about our special guests and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're trying to, this year, make sure that the movies we cover are available for the most part um, in some fairly... uh, Easy easy,
0: easy ways to get them, yeah.
2: Yeah, easy ways to find them. We're not going to pick anything that's been, you know, out of print and non-existent. Uh, not this year. Uh, well, I think so there's,
0: well, one of them, it's debated. One might be
2: tough. Yeah. Yeah. One might be tough. You but,
0: may have to work for that one.
2: Yeah. But the rest, I mean, and, and for, for the most part, you know, we, these are some good ones. So um, it's going to be awesome this year. And again, f- we've got five Wednesdays this year. Um, so you will hear, we'll uh, share some more details on Off Script next week. And we'll share some more uh, details in our final uh, Forgotten Flicks episode. So um, uh, I'm excited. I'm I- excited more than Karen was to make out of the jar uh, curry with <laughs> flames. And pizza rolls? They were eating pizza rolls at a college dinner in that movie on toothpicks. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. It was good stuff, Jay. So I'm really glad you picked that movie. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept thinking, like, how can I bring up the fact that he added that one to the schedule? I am going to figure out a way to point out to him that, that was a Jason pick right there.
2: Do you have the do you have the audio queued up of uh, when you pick the gnome name? Uh,
0: you're right. I have no room to talk. <laughs> Convenient, that was- conveniently forgot that one. So, Jay, uh, on that note, <laughs> you have any final <laughs> words? Because if you don't, someone we care about deeply may.
2: Now, I just want to say, if you're going to use a big metal hand with hooked fingers, you just got to be careful before you go to the graveyard.
1: <laughs>
0: Indeed you do. And you know what else you got to do?
1: Go ninja go ninja go. go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go, 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 go.